not no pressure no pressure or anything sometimes it's good to like have a little bit of chit chat when you're not when you're not putting any pressure on yourselves to like be doing content for real right so like no that makes sense so what's what's going on with the crypto tell me oh my god so i i uh the same day when I had like that whole post that like the, the the whole prediction I made about Meta and Facebook, like I also made a, a I also I also made a Coinbase account like totally without like any like just totally unrelated and um uh, basically if you don't know Coinbase is like you know a wallet that kind of have for crypto, but the reason I I did it. I got it because, you know, I'm starting to see some of the, like, you know, there's like, you know, some of the most randomest bullshit, like cryptocurrencies can get like 300, 400% returns on investment within a month because people, because people are just throwing money into it. And then it's just like, and, you know, so my strategy is to like, look at the dumbest people I know on Facebook and Instagram on Twitter, and then just invest whatever they're investing in. I mean that's not a bad idea. Isn't there one called like monkey jizz or something? Yeah, Am I yeah, yeah. That no, up? no, you're not making it up. That's what. Uh, oh my that's what, god. That's what, that's what Edward, friend of the show, was talking about. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh, that is so dumb. No, I mean none of none of it makes sense. I mean, like it it the reason like you know the 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 thing I'm suggesting now about following what dumbest people I know are doing is not necessarily good investment advice but the thing is crypto is a is a dumb man sport you know it's a it's you know it truly makes no sense why it's like getting as big as it does like it makes zero sense and to be clear here there are some interesting technological things happening but it, like people are, like bitcoin should not be sixty thousand dollars a coin what is that value based on? <laughs> it's bi- like a, vibes, it, vibes. In like in a traditional, uh, I don't know, capitalist marketplace, value is pegged to something usually. Like, oh, hey, a lot of people really want fucking tulips this year. So tulips are going up or there's like right. not enough supply to meet the demand. So it costs more. This is like completely divorced from any of that. Right. It seems to me. Or is it? Is it just like another version of tulips? Um, so I think definitely that's like the primary thing going on here with tulips. But another aspect from 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 what I understand, given like following Or like fucking beanie babies or something. No, I mean I I, I tweeted I tweeted <laughs> out yes literally yesterday, you know, NF, NFTs are the beanie babies of twenty twenty one. Ah, are you old enough to remember when we all thought we were going to pay our college tuition with our Beanie Babies? Oh my God. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I don't remember the craze, but I remember people having them. I got to remember the oh. details. But I, 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 oh, we all, we all thought that we were sitting on fucking gold. That, that's some, but that's some classic Tulumania right there. It's like, why, why, yeah. why is this, you know, that's, that, my friends, is commodity fetishism. I mean, at least it's like a thing, though, as opposed to just like this imaginary thing or like an NFT or something, this imaginary thing but that's what's, in the computer, in the cloud. But that's what's awesome about it. Like, it's like just we're not even dealing with like real objects anymore, just pure abstraction and vibes. Uh. Um, no, and like 
oh my god did you hear about like there's like a there was like regarding nfts <laughs> um there was like this person saying that they owe that they, they they're claiming that they own these nfts but because of the way that it happened they technically didn't buy it but they got scammed out of the money so they technically don't have the receipt for it like they, like on the blockchain they don't have the actual risk it's not logged that they bought it but they still sent the money but they're sort of telling people don't buy that that's not yours it's mine but this guy it's like the thing is like this is whole the entire thing is predicated upon like you when you buy it it's on this public receipt of sort called the blockchain and so now it's like well no you just got scammed dude you got scammed you got scammed squared because nfts are already a scam right but then you didn't even can claim you have like this fake receipt bad <laughs> it's just amazing there was like a- ed was trying to explain it to me and i'm like it sounds like I don't understand it. It couldn't possibly be that dumb. And he's like, that's because it is that dumb. Yeah, it is that dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, there's like a. I'm like, this is too dumb for me to understand. Like, the best analogy I've heard to describe it, and I think it's amazing. It's like for NFTs, it's like, all right, say you go see the Mona Lisa at the Louvre in, Par- in Paris, and it's like, you go see it, and you're like, I want to buy this, you know, I want to buy uh, Mona Lisa. And. And someone's like, you can't buy it. This is priceless. And it's like, well, I do want to buy it. It's like, well, here's what I could do. I can sell you the rights to view it and that you do, you do own it. Oh, okay, wonderful. I'll buy that. Excellent. So you buy it. You say, you know, mil- is it that just when you pay admission to the Louvre? Well, hold on. No. <laughs> That's what you're buying? Well, hold on. Not even, not, not, not even there like, yet. Oh, yeah. You paid five euros. You get to look at the Mona Lisa. <laughs> so the thing is, the analogy is like what you paid. It's like, all right, so they give you a receipt, but the receipt now is put in like the back closet. Like in the, there's a closet in the corner and they, they put it in there and in there should say, this person owns, you know, the rights to view the Mona Lisa. And it's there. So if someone tells, so they can be like, oh, I own it. And, but, but then, but the thing is, they can't say they own it. They don't own the Mona Lisa. They own the rights to view it. I again it sounds, I don't get it and I don't want to no I mean I, that's literally what you said before Jamie is exactly it like you're already buying the right to view the yes, Mona Lisa yes. when you go to the Louvre yes. but is it like no one else is allowed to view the Mona Lisa is it like a, an exclusivity thing I mean they don't stop you from like from my understanding you can continue doing it so, yeah, but I'm saying, like, are other people allowed to also buy it? I mean, you can buy your rights, but... Oh, my God. You can buy your rights to view it, um, but... Because other people can still look at it, right? I mean, you, you've seen NFTs before, right? You didn't buy it, right? I, I don't know. Like you, <laughs> Have I? Like, the, like those stupid monkeys. I honestly am not sure. No, I mean, you've seen those stupid monkeys in the timeline. What? Like, there's like these stupid monkey images that like it's like the trend. Like it's like they're like these NFT thing. No, if you, I, I don't, it, I don't know if I've seen that. No, no, no. If I if I send if I send it to you, you're gonna know exactly what it is. Um, you know, you you'll okay. like like I'd be surprised you had not seen it at some point. Hold on, I mean me. Just you know, for someone who's online as much as I am, a lot of stuff well, really. I just sent it to. You. 
pass me by. Maybe that's a good thing. This is Maybe this is some real, you know, some real bleak shit going on here. Maybe it just means I'm like using the internet like I'm a fucking boomer and I just go <laughs> on like like Twitter is to millennials as Facebook is to boomers. Possible. I mean, like I know uh, a lot of people that are younger than me. They use TikTok primarily. Like they're they're kind of already over Instagram. Yeah. See, I don't even know how to look at a TikTok unless it's posted somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I don't. I have not seen this before. What the fuck is it? No, but like it's not just this. Like basically, it's a bunch of variations of this kind of monkey, and it's like so many of them, and it's like the most predominant form of NFT. It's just a picture of a monkey? Yeah, like that, but it's just like, you know, different kinds of like, it looks different uh, or whatever, or like it has like a hat. But yeah, that one I sent you, Bort Ape Yacht Club NFT, fetched about $12 million as Sospies. What? I still don't understand what this is. It, you understand it, Jamie. It's just like, you're like... It's so the, dumb. The, the, the problem is... My brain refuses to understand something this dumb. It's take it's taking off. It's taking off in a very like it's oh, dumb in how God. much how much how dumb it's taking off. The fuck is wrong with people? I mean, it's just gambling, right? Yeah, and it's like you're just gambling with art. Only you take out the good part of art, which is where there is <laughs> cool art that you want to have in your house yeah. and appreciate. Yeah, I mean it's just speculation. And but the problem is like with this is like now they want to try to monetize anything, right? Like and and the art needs to be as ugly as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like that's why I said like I think uh, two days ago, whatever it was, I was like, you know, the problem I have with NFTs primarily, like everyone has a reason, but primarily the reason I don't like them is because they look fucking tacky as hell. They're so bad. I mean, maybe if they looked cool, I might be like, oh yeah, that's kind of neat. I can see why people pay money for that. Right, like, right, 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 right. But uh, like, should I sell Should I start selling NFTs of things and see if people will pay me for them? Like somebody said that I should sell an NFT of the first time I said, hell yeah, on the majority report. You could. And I'm like, you can sell an NFT of a moment. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, what is it like? But a, won't it be like they own a little part of my soul? I mean, maybe. I, I, won't it be like i don't know i don't I know the metaf- i don't i'm not sure about the metaphysics of nfts jamie like this is like an episode of black mirror or something oh it, when what, you're like 100 is you like sell off your memories until someday you have nothing left oh a hundred percent this is you know no it's it you know cryptocurrency is the way it's kind of developing it's, it's a bit concerning from my point of view more than just like this because like what they're trying to do is they're trying to monetize everything and like just like your experience of things like it's basically doing like a toll road but of just like looking at shit or like doing anything like there's something recently that was like a like this one's insane like this is like next level like in terms of a and something that was sold in terms of basically the same logic as nfts which is um was it was an nft but basically what what it what this was was there's this like cube like this tungsten cube oh i read about the cube yeah that one's insane that one's like you're just this is just next level i mean it's what you that's what but the thing is that's what i was saying before jamie about like the mona lisa and like you getting it no that's literally what it is that's just the same phenomenon my god i mean i guess i could sell an nft of a moment in my life because it's not like it's real anyway 
So like you can't actually like I don't believe in souls either. Like I could write down my soul on a piece of paper and fucking sell it to someone and I wouldn't care. And it would be the same thing as selling an NFT. That would be quite a publicity stunt. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Could you sell an NFT of your soul? Jimmy Peck sold her, sold her soul on, on the blockchain. <laughs> as an NFT. Yeah, yeah. That, and that. use the money to fund the rev. Look, you could buy a lot of Gundams for whatever my soul <laughs> might cost. Oh, man. If only, you can buy, if only they, were, they were real. Uh, they will be. Hopefully. We're working on it. So speaking of stupid rich people and the things that they do. Um, That's right. We are here today to talk about our favorite show. We're trying something a little different today on the podcast. Um, Something a little fun, perhaps? Mm -hmm. A little cultural Marxism? Dare I say it? That's right. We're going to talk about the show Succession, which is everyone's favorite show right now. All the communists cannot get enough of this show about a terrible rich family and like this terrible capitalist and his terrible children and how much they all hate each other. Why do you think that is, Jorge? It's because it's the show of our times. All, all of these people represent the worst parts of our society, but just in different ways. But also, there's an aspect of, you know, it's cathartic in a sense, you know, seeing these people who are just totally miserable, just awful, and just suffering. Like, everyone gets a turn of just suffering. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think there's a real element of schadenfreude to it. Um, it's nice to see that nobody is happy in capitalism, even the alleged winners of the game. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and like, you know, particularly like, you know, if we're kind of stepping into it and now, before we kind of start talking more into this, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, these are major spoilers for the show. You know, we're, we're, we will not hold back in terms of everything going up to the, mm -hmm. latest, the latest episode as, as of this week, which is episode three of season three. That's right. Stop listening now if you don't want spoilers. Also, like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should not click on the Secession podcast episode if you have not listened to all of it or most of it. Yeah. Or if you, or yeah. more importantly, if you care about spoilers. Yeah, yeah, fair. So, God, where do we begin this show? It's so good. It's so good. It really shows how just... Just how miserable the ruling class is and how no one's ever really happy. Even people with lots and lots of money are always just like they hate each other. Right. They hate themselves and they're never satisfied. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like it's hard to say that there is a main character in the show, but I guess if there is one, it'd be, you know, the, 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 the I guess, quote unquote, the lead son, Kendall Roy. You know? Oh, yeah. And I think he epitomizes the most of what we're describing here about, uh, but, you know, being totally miserable, you know, someone who, you know, never had any sense of want in terms of like, you know, everything he ever wanted was met, you know, no lacking of needs of any kind. And yet is the, one of the most miserable motherfuckers that's been out there in, in media. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, it also does a good job of showing how, what a failure capitalism is, even on its own terms. Right. Right. Because the qualities that it selects for in its ruling class, like mm -hmm. Logan Roy, he's ruthless. Right. He's a killer. He's like the top dog. He ate all the other dogs right. and like rose to the top of the dog heap or whatever. Right. But the, the second generation, 
you know, the people who run it, who run this company after him are just the most miserable, stupid, dim-witted, fail sons and daughters that you can possibly imagine. And that's most of who runs the world. Yeah, no, it's true. And I mean, like, there's an aspect of like, you know, some, uh, I think you described it best in terms of fail sons, because like, you know, they're the four children, you know, you have, you have Kendall Roy, which you described, we have Roman Roy, uh, Connor Roy, which Roman, is Roman's my boy. Roman, I gotta say, Roman's a, I have a soft spot for Roman. Uh, you know, really interesting character, but uh, you know, uh, Connor Roy, and then, and then of course we have there's and there's you know there's three men, and then there's one woman, Shiv, Shiv Roy, so uh, Shoban Roy, and like, you know, all three of these men are the different ty- archetypes of Felsam. Like, it just maps onto you know you have Kendall Roy, who is like the you know. Forever in his father's shadow, kind of fail son, you know, and it's like yeah, the druggy fail son, right? Also, also Kendall Roy, and then you have Roman Roy, like you said, he's like a just a awful piece of garbage. Like it's just, and it's either, and I, <laughs> I, and I can say that pretty strongly because it's just it's, it's, you're supposed to be repulsed by this person. He's got he's got some sexual weirdness going on. I feel and like power, I, he kind of reminds me of this boy that used to bully me in <laughs> school, who eventually bullied me into hooking up with him, and then what? bullied me some more. Oh yeah, my God. it was fucked up. He came from a really rich family too, Ugh. and he had some like sexual weirdness going on. Um, maybe that's why I have a soft spot for women. But I feel like okay, out of all of these terrible people. Roman has a little bit of ironic detachment. Like he knows that his family is bad. He knows that he's bad. Yes. And you know, if such at such time as we win, our side wins the rev and he gets the wall, he's going to be like, all right, you got me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like I would do it to you. No, like, and, like Kendall your- would be like, this is so unfair. I'm a good person. And Roman would be like, well, <laughs> time's up. Well, I feel like, you know, kind of to the point with regarding, you know, the, the others, the other person we, we have not, you know, we, we haven't mentioned is like uh, Shoban, you know, Shiv. Like she is probably of the four, the one that does not have like this archetype of fail son because she, you know, she, you know, trying to carve her own path. And in many ways, like, you know, she's, you know, she's like aware, keenly aware of like, you know, you know, Waystar Royco is like this awful corporation, you know, this family is terrible. And, you know, she's, she's what I would describe as a liberal. She's a girl boss. Yeah, she's a girl boss. She's, she's a fucking, she's the archetype of a girl boss. And out of, out of all of the Roy children, I think she is given the least of a human core and a human backstory. She's just a fucking pantsuit in a haircut with a haircut you know yeah and like it's interesting because like early on you know in season one like there's like this initial kind of aspect of oh maybe she's a bit different than the other one maybe she's like the good the good child because you know oh she was like (laughs) she was in politics and then she ended up working for you know gil evis he was like the bernie sanders equivalent but like more a more based bernie sanders yeah god i love how cynical this show is about politics yeah but it's like um and she, like, she was working there, but then like, you know, it all just, that facade just immediately crumbles as soon as like, she does not get exactly her way with someone like, you know, Gil is like 
it was a mention like you know supposed to be like a bernie sanders equivalent like he's someone that is not could care less about where she comes from uh, so long as it so long as it doesn't benefit him and it's like so but you know she's not he's not impressed by her wealth he doesn't care and and so when she doesn't get her way by just merely being a roy and he's an opening to be you know the head the head person in charge at Waystar Royco, because you know, for for those don't have don't know, if you're, for whatever reason you this podcast, it's like we have to remember the show's called The Session. Logan Roy is an old person, and let's let's keep in mind, like the, the Roy family is supposed to be, and it's been explicitly mentioned, like it's supposed to be a stand-in for the Murdoch family. So Logan Roy is really old. He's old as fuck. He's losing his shit, but. He's still way more on top of shit than his stupid kids who are all afraid of him. That's what's particularly interesting about the show. Cause like there, it's kind of like what you mentioned before about how, you know, even on its own terms, you know, like the first generation, you had, like you said, Logan Roy kind of like, you know, was a killer. will kind of like climb his way to the top, you know, in some aspect, one could argue that is merit, right. In the sense of like, you know, he, 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 he really kind of like, you know, made dragged himself up there you know he wasn't he didn't grow up poor but like he went from like the middle class family to being you know one of the most wealthy people in the world he kind of was cunning in that sense but then you know the system does not breed success continuously oh it does not um yeah it also shows that there are really like zero qualifications for the top jobs a lot of the time 100 percent. like it's pure fucking nepotism. Like the fact that Shiv even thinks she should be in the running. Right, right. To be exactly. CEO of a company that she's literally never worked at. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Who do you think you are? She's like, it's my, it's her turn. It's my turn. Yeah, yeah. No, and the thing is, you, you joke about like, you know, Hillary Clinton, but the thing is like, Hillary still went to like, you know, was, was still was like, you know, involved in politics. She was a senator. And, a, and, a, and, and, and like, the thing is like, I guess the equivalent, funny enough, and I think this analogy works well because um, it shows like the nakedness of our of, of of the ruling class. It's like, in fact, the equivalent of that would be Trump wanting to be president, just because he's and rich. he fucking won. Yeah, exactly. So you know that puts him ahead of every single character on this show, I guess. Besides, you know, the dad, and it's it's sad but fitting that we haven't even talked about Connor. Because yeah. he is the he's the first pancake, he's the yeah. failest of the fail sons. I mean, honestly, if running I running for president himself, running for fucking president, he's like a less alpha version of Beto. Maybe he's like, <laughs> yeah, man, I was just born to be. An- I mean, Beto at least won something, and at least Beto like convinced a a lady to marry him for free, oh whereas God, Connor that- has to pay his girlfriend to hang out with him it's really pathetic it's sad so like i don't really envy connor in the specific sense but if i were to be born into a family like this i would be the one who just wanted to like chill on a ranch in the southwest yeah just fuck off yeah like use all my riches to like have a chill life and hopefully not as sad a life as Connor's. And hopefully I wouldn't be like a weird libertarian candidate for president. But I don't know what I would be like if I was born into that family. I wonder, I, we would, I would probably really suck. Probably. We would all suck. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like has everything to do with like the material conditions. Um, mm-hmm. what's, what, what's, what's also fascinating is um, 
since you mentioned he's like a libertarian, Connor Roy, I, I want to maybe put my head out, you know, stick, stick myself out here a little bit, maybe make a prediction that maybe I feel, I feel like it's coming. I feel like there's going to be a crypto mention from him. Like, I feel like, oh, you know, like, I feel like he's going to, because he's, you know, still in on the race. And he's like hardcore libertarian. I feel like he just going, he just has to be mentioned. It's like, oh, we need to replace the U.S. dollar with like some, some nonsense like that. Because he I, would say that. I feel like he maybe is like the opposite, though. Maybe he like wants to bring back the gold standard or something. <laughs> like one, it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, I mean, maybe the gold standard pegged on Bitcoin. I don't know. Something, some nonsense like that. I mean, but point is like, yeah, it's a, it, it, it does kind of break down in a very curious way. Because, you know, it, it I, I remember, and I, I always am. Because, like, this show, for whatever reason, isn't really watched by as many people as, like, you know, people hear about it a lot. It gets, it gets the awards, you know, I think in 2020, Emmys, it won Best Drama. Um, but yet, on average, less than a million people watch the episodes when they air. Interesting. So is this mostly being watched by, like, leftists on Twitter? Well, I think maybe partially, but also I think... Is that why they put Dasha in there as a little a little wink, a little Easter egg for the extremely oh online podcasters? I mean, it's possible. Um, <laughs> I mean, the show is produced by Adam McKay. I don't know who that is. Um, he he, was, he um, did The Big Short. Oh, okay, I've heard of that. <laughs> and, he's also in D- and he's also in DSA. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Small world. Okay. Which, 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 to be clear, also, DSA itself was name-checked, I think, in season two. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Did they endorse the Bernie guy? No. It, so what it was, it was because, like, I think the... So if you vaguely remember, like, there was, like, that that uh, plot, I think, in the second half of season two, where, like, the CEO of what, I guess, like, supposed to be the new york times um like th- like that woman she ended up kind of like becoming the ceo of waystar royco and like, do you remember like that that plot line like in the second half of of not season two? really i well, read some recaps before we did this but sure. i did not read about that no no i mean it's like a subtle thing but point is like when before that happens like you know she's being part of the family i think like roman your favorite character Mention is like, um, actually, uh, if I remember correctly, didn't your mother, like, doesn't your mother volunteer for the Democratic Socialists? And everyone, everyone on the table was like, whoa, what's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wow. We have officially made our mark on the culture. Well, I mean. We but can I all think, pack it up and go home. Our work is done. But I think this kind of ties into another point, which is like the fact that a, one could argue like a broader um, you know, like, you know, there's a, there's a, the plot kind of moves in and out of like, you know, you have like the, you know, all these wealthy people like trying to scramble towards trying to get power. But on a larger note, it can be argued that like a thematic enemy throughout the show is really just like fear from below. Like a consistent aspect of like what happens in the show is just, you know, what I, there's, there's two things that kick off plot in the show. Either someone from the, these wealthy people cause drama typically it's Kendall Roy um, or there's something that occurs with respect to the powerless workers you know ordinary folk threatening pow- threatening the power of the of this family 
and you know it, it so that's why it's like a good example is like what happened with like say like the the, the cruises right it's like and when it was going to kind of when it go into congress it was like despite all their differences despite everything they were in lockstep they were unified as a class dare i say yeah they were well they know what side their fucking bread's buttered on when then someone attacks them from the outside that's like the worst thing but i will say they are getting messier this season yeah because their little machinations against one another used to be done in private and now they're taking it public and it's getting right. really really nasty like the letter that uh that Shiv wrote about her brother. The, the other yeah. brothers were like, this is too fucked up for us to put our name on. Yeah. And then the TV lady was like, and she's the fucking nice one, which is obviously not true. Right. Um, Cause she's a fucking bitch. But um, wow. Like I kind of felt bad for Kendall in that moment, despite also thinking he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's like, I think, I think, you know, there's an intent intentionality behind like what from the writers of like you're supposed to feel a little conflict bit. conflicted emotions about kendall because a little pathos because like he it it it's very apparent throughout the entirety of the show that despite the things that he does um he's like there's like a person in there despite you know his, his dad is like you know truly a monster like there's not like he throw like he you know what threw, kicked off season you know, season three was like the cliffhanger in season two. Well, like he literally sacrificed his own son to, to save his he's own. He's such a bad dude. Like even at the end of this last episode, after like Roman does him a favor and yeah. like makes up a happy memory from childhood, he calls right. him a fucking faggot at the end of like, Jesus Christ, that's your son who did you a favor. And also that is a slur and it's not okay. No. And you know it's to it's to it's totally it's totally awful. Like you know, so he's like you know gone in terms of like any kind of like shell of humanity that's like there. But you know, Kendall is like you could. There's an aspect of like you continually conflicted. Now, it's not. We're not, I'm not supposed to say he's a good guy. He's not. You know, it's like a. But but the point being, there there you're supposed to have like this conflicting emotions about this person because I I think an example of like. When he, you know, there are examples when he's like, you know, his most sympathetic, you know, like when, you know, he, because of his drug addiction, killed someone, right? Like, it's like, you know, truly, you know, it's, that is tragic, right? Like that, and that, that does happen in real life. And, um, but then also, you know, yeah, you have him at his worst. And I think, I think the one that sticks out to me is like, you know, when he pretty much just did the extreme example of the worst of what corporations do. Was like, was like when 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 remember like they acquired that startup in season one and season two is like we need to like shut it down and they started basically like because they have a union they're forming a union so he like fired everybody union busted but then also asked all of them to like transfer the information without them knowing but then also asked them to, for all their good ideas before they got fired and then no severance pay and it was like I was like dude this is like this guy's becoming like the fucking Terminator like it's like this guy's becoming soulless. Yeah, he's a fucking piece of shit, which is why, like, you know, the woke turn this season is so funny, right? And obviously, yeah. it's easy for that uh, comedian to make fun of him because, like, yeah, does he actually care about all the people who got raped and murdered? Maybe, like, kind of, 
maybe a little bit, but I think he definitely he cares, does at some level. He cares more about getting one over on his dad, though. And he was perfectly happy, like one season ago, to go to bat for right. the company at the fucking congressional hearing. Well, I mean, on the other hand, though, I think I th- so. What you're saying is correct, and I agree with it. But on the other hand, I think it's not even so much that it's for himself. If you notice, like the the way he views how like why is it that he needed to do that had or not had not so much about his own role but rather about the role of the entity known as Waystar Royco in other words like he's like operating in a way as like what is the best for capital yeah well capital has shown itself fully capable of recuperating any and all liberatory movements thus far right right? like whether we're talking about the way that me too was immediately immediately recuperated or the way the black lives matter has been recuperated into the you know the liberal ngo sphere um Mm -hmm. it's just that happening in the tv show yeah and I, i mean like to your point also about like you know like whether he feels bad or not in actuality i think there's also an aspect of like you know this show is probably one of, if not the most cynical show on television. It's just so deeply cynical in terms of, you know, it, 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 it really does show like the, this, this veneer of like, you know, corporate America is like, it's just merely a facade. And everyone kind of already knew that, but it's just kind of like really trying to display it at, at, at most of it can. I mean, it's a materialist show as well. Like, right. Like it, at the, I rewatched like the first one or two episodes last week. Mm-hmm. And I remember the part where he's like trying to bring Siobhan back in from, you know, working in politics or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like that the politics is just what comes out the horse's ass. Like, don't you want to be at the front feeding into the horse's mouth? Right, and I'm like, right. yes, that is the base and the superstructure yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. He's a materialist. He knows he's just on the other. He's on the other team. Yeah, no, and also kind of like, you know, near the end of like this newest episode, you know, when like the FBI raid Royster, you know, Waystar Royco, like it's kind of like, I think uh, Jerry, who's like the new CEO of, of, of the company, or at least the acting one, she was like, you know, what, like he kept on being like, you know, telling the FBI to just fuck off. Like he all continuously like, no, they can't be here because, because there's like an admission of like, you obey me, not the other way around kind of attitude. And but then, like, you know, there's an interesting kind of observation that, like, Jerry says kind of like an offhand thing. It's like kind of like, you know, why is it that you know, the, the way that this basically doesn't say in these terms, but like this, the state operates is not merely you push some buttons and some pez come out. What were you just saying? I mean, we, we can resume in a bit, but it's just, um, I think it was about how cap how basically like these people represent different capitalism and also how capital uh, recuperates yeah i mean like i think the big the last major point i said was like about um how kendall was more interested in like capital and perpetuating it than really it is about himself although obviously he cares about himself being in a position right 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 I mean, yeah, it's, so. I think it's both. No, no, of course it's both, but it's just, you know, I'm just trying to remember, like, what, what is it I was saying? I mean, if you want to talk about uh, some kind of symbolic recuperation, 
Uh, I don't think they could have picked a more perfect song than Rape Me by Nirvana. Oh, my God. Right? Right? Because, like, I mean, that scene was amazing, too. Just interrupting this, uh, you know, this faux corporate painting a pretty face on things with a woman president kind of bullshit. But also, I mean, Kurt Cobain was incredibly tortured by the fact that Mm. his very do you think that's uh, intentional like his, parallel his subversive his antagonistic um his art was turned is was recuperated and turned into some like a corporate product which is a very 90s concern but you know it's definitely still relevant i would say hey, it's, it's definitely real to consider that way i mean like the reason why people view it oh it's like a 90s thing is because that fear has been totally subsumed because it has become everything Everything has become commodified and cons- and become into consumerism. True. Well, uh, Courtney Love liked it. <laughs> I lo- I was looking up tweets about Succession before we recorded, and um, Courtney Love, you may have heard of her. She was Kurt Cobain's widow. Uh, the one who we, killed her. We. Oh my God. We had a, we had a whole thing about this the other day, folks. How. Uh, I had I had a whole cover band at my Halloween show, and Jorge admitted that he had never heard Hole before, and I was like, "What? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking story. joking?" Right I wasn't now, joking. He, she was very upset at me. It was I was just like flabbergasted because this was like my childhood, but you know what? Different people have different experiences, and that's okay. But um, Courtney Love tweeted about this moment in the show, and she said. At Succession, I've never felt so good about approving a usage of a song of Kurt's. You understood this, colon, him. It's beautiful. I'm sure he's proud. Prayer prayer hands emoji, uh, woman bowing emoji, mending heart emoji, uh, plant, plant, plant. Hashtag Nirvana. Hashtag rape me. Hashtag Kurt Donald Cobain. Hashtag my favorite inside source. I'm not sure what, what that's about. What are all these hashtags? Then, I don't know. She doesn't know how to use them. She's this, fucking. This is, this she's a, a Gen Xer. All right. No, no. She's the ultimate Gen Xer. And then she says at the bottom, "Ask me who it's about one day. I might even tell you." Flame emoji, teapot emoji, which what? is like kind of a weird way to like, kind of like a winky winky way to describe like a song about rape. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is a fucking cute blind item in page six but you know what that's the courtney that we know and love i, I don't even want I, I don't even want to start and open up that that conversation that just seems like <laughs> like what yeah but anyway courtney love approved of the song i approved of the song also but perhaps for different reasons yeah i mean it's it's I mean, clearly, like, it was thematically, like, powerful because, you know, to kind of, like, recenter ourselves on, on what happened. It's like, in the last episode, basically, like, Choban or Shiv was kind of being announced to be president of Waystar Rorco. And then, like, Kendall Roy, you know, at this point, everyone hates him, wanted to show up and then put, and he put speakers everywhere and then start playing that song. And it's particularly, like, jarring, one, because of, you know, the 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 cruising the cruises situation but also i think at least from my point of view it's like 
particularly jarring because like you know playing it when like a woman is supposed to be speaking on behalf of Waystar Royco it's like it, there, there are different angles here why it's like so particularly like it sticks with you I also like the scene where Kendall is like interrupting the PR girls I think that's hilarious because like like no, again nobody's good in this show so he's like yeah, I, I believe in feminine. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> and then and then they're like, okay, so here's what we want to do. And then he just keeps interrupting them. Right, to, right, right. But he's like, I really want to hear it, but blah, 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 blah. But I really want to hear right, what you have to say, right, but right, here's right, what right. I'm going to say. Blah, 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 blah. That's fucking hilarious. So throw like, back to how he treated the, um, the, the founders from that startup he wanted to invest in. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, the very first, the very first episode of Succession is him like having some kind of dick measuring contest with, I guess, the stand-in for Nick Denton, like some kind of gawker type, mm, who's right, also right. a piece of shit, by the way. All like, people are. Like, there are no awful. good people on this show, except for Cousin Greg. I stand Cousin Greg. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a bad person in training. He's the People's Tribune. He's the stand-in for all of us on the mm. show. The last episode, though, I mean, like, it was a, it was interesting because Laura, because the grandpa got him, you know, basically like a Marxist. Oh my god, I love it so much. Wait, his like, grandpa's name is Uncle Ewan, right? Yeah, yeah, but or Grandpa Ewan. Yeah, yeah, but what's interesting is like the like the like, I feel like you know there's still a lot to be you know his uncle you know Uncle Ewan's story has still has a lot to be told because like. Why is this guy his favorite? Like, why did he want to get this lawyer specifically? Like, obviously, it was apparent that Uncle Ewan was, like, was not a fan of, like, everything that Logan Roy was or has become. But kind of, like, then why is, like, it's one thing, and it seemed like more of, like, an estranged brother situation. But it almost sounds like it's kind of, there's an aspect of politics as well. well because, like, go for it, Jamie. Maybe Uncle Ewan is the stand-in for us, right? Because, you know, like, I'm an anti-capitalist. And it's like, oh, do you actually want to bring down capitalism? Or are you just mad at your dad? Hmm. hmm. That's like what the haters would say about us. At least. I mean, I don't have to include you in this. That's what the haters would say about me, you know? Like, you don't want to bring down capitalism. You're just mad at your dad. And for the record, I have a very good relationship with my dad. Thank you very much. The best relationship. <laughs> Everyone says we have the best relationship. No, but I mean, we're going to the, the lawyer. It's interesting, too, because like, like he explicitly said the primary thing is making sure you're not in trouble. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. The secondary thing is to heighten the contradictions of capitalism. It's like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, Greg, you poor, tall, stupid, beautiful idiot. Well, I feel like almost like what's going on, it's like his uncle almost using him in the sense of like, of like using, uh, sorry, not uncle, his, his, his grandpa in this case, but it's like his, uh, his grandpa using him to, as, a, as, a, as an instrument to kind of like push this agenda, I guess. Of course. Love a grumpy grandpa, by the way. I think Greg and Greg's grandpa are probably my favorite two characters. And I can't, I can't wait to see how this fucking plays out. 
and how like like as soon as the lawyer says that greg's like wait what <laughs> whoa 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 like he's literally just trying to get out with his ass intact right exactly no it's it's it, because he it's, got fired from the theme park for i guess being bad at smoke so bad at smoking weed that he like threw up in his costume <laughs> right, right 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 like that's pretty fucking pathetic yeah but what's interesting is like that was the you know like that was like the first episode and that was the moment when like he kind of he became it's funny that was the moment he became jokerified and then like he just like and then from there he's just kind of like i don't care anymore and then just like well guess what work sucks and work yeah. sucks more when you are a blue collar worker than when you are a fucking fail son with a corner office right it's, and, it's just it's just a fact like working it sucks <laughs> Like and speaking really, of Greg, really sucks. speaking of Greg, let's talk about, you know, his, his boss. Um, what's his fucking name? Tom. Tom, Tom Wamsgans. That fucking dolt. And what's, I think he's a fascinating figure, but, you know, because, you know, one, he's adult, right? But also it's kind of like, he is interesting as well because, you know, he, he is not from... You know the haute bourgeoisie. He's not, you know, extra. He didn't come from an extraordinarily wealthy family. He got he married into it. He's right? from like Manitowoc, Wisconsin, or some shit. Right, right, exactly. He's got and, that Midwestern nice guy accent. Right, but the thing is with him, it's like this guy. You know, if, if you remove like the context of the show, if you step away from a societal point of view, this guy is an extremely wealthy, powerful man. You know, this guy is a. You know, at a certain point, becomes the president of ATM. You know, the equivalent is like the president of Fox fucking news, right? And this and the guy is not some like nobody, and but... yet, but and yet, like because like he is not from this kind of class that these people are. You know, he he he's always viewed as like lesser than, lesser than them. And you know, I I, I view him as kind of like a stand-in of like you know the typical you know corporate climber, Harvard MBA type. Yeah, and at the end of the day, he's the one who will probably go to jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he's like, you know, the, he's a useful tool for these people. He's their fucking errand boy, you know? Like, his wife doesn't respect him. No. Obviously. Like, she waits until the fucking wedding night to be like, oh, yeah, and by the way, I want to fuck other people. Hope that's cool with you. Yeah, on and her wedding like, night. And he's like, he's like, literally, he's a cuck. He's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> I guess I can't say no. Like, I mean, man, yeah, sucks well, to be you, dude. No, it's terrible. No, and like, I think the revealed in the new episode is like, you're kind of like giving, getting advice, and it's like, yeah, there's like no, no circumstance when it's an investigation where he doesn't go to jail. And there's a very interesting thing that was said by uh, Kendall to to him that episode, which is kind of like. Another life is possible. And I find that phrasing very, very interesting because there, you know, this, this kind of new iteration of Kendall has like some elements of, and I'm I'm not even, I'm being joking. I think sincerely, like there are some elements of almost like getting to the point, like almost there of like class awareness and even like cynicism about the system as a whole. Like obviously he wants to, he wants the thing, but then he has like these moments of insight where he's like, well, all of this is bad. All of it is bad. 
And, you know, in that moment, like, so in that moment of sincerity, he's like, you know, if something, almost something else is possible than what you're living in, which is true. Yeah. There, it, he could be, you know, he, he, Tom, if we don't, if we remember, originally wanted to do the right thing, which is come out, own up to it, and just say everything that they did was wrong. And just own up to that fact. And then, but covering it up with overdetermined. That's right. Ooh, the O word. <laughs> I I like that word. Yeah, like Kendall knows that he's like empty and broken inside. And he has some sense that a better life is possible. But I don't think he actually knows what that would even look like. Like he's well, having delusions of grandeur, especially in this last episode, the last no, that, few episodes. That was insane. Like he was like, like, What's funny, and the reason why it's like so piercing to Kendall, what that letter said, is because it's all right. Like, it's, it's all completely yeah. accurate. Yeah. The truth hurts, man. Oh, like, I think, look. Like, we just got, just, this just in, our new logo has arrived. It's being worked on. Oh, look, we got some mock-ups. Hey. All right. We'll talk about those afterwards. Things are happening, folks. Very exciting. Yeah, hope hope you hope you <laughs> hope you all are excited to see the new logo. Featuring Jorge. Not Aaron. We love you, Aaron. Yeah, people keep getting confused. They're like, wait a second. I thought there was a black guy on your show. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta change it. He might come back though. We don't know. But then we could just have all three of us in the logo. New logo gun. That's fun. You can definitely have him on sometime. Oh, for sure. He, at any time. But anyway, I have two more notes on here. And then okay. um, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. What, one of my notes is that I ship Roman and Jerry. I think oh, they, they have I mean, a, a nice, like, a, a nice little uh, mommy, son uh kinky play relationship going on and i really want to see i really i really think those crazy kids can make it work and i really want to see where it goes honestly you know and i mean just sincerely like i think in this way like in that like that relationship specifically the show is groundbreaking and i mean it seriously seriously because like in almost every other kind of time that that kind of relationship manifests itself or even mentioned in a show it's like viewed as like a joke or like something disgusting and they here it's just like very much matter of fact taking it for what it is and it's like yeah that is a valid relationship that this does happen it is a little bit funny but it's it, also, it is funny but like it's, it's like, a little it's bit a, funny it's a little bit sad like obviously all these kids are super fucked up their mom is not very nice to them either so right. like clearly they've got mommy issues and daddy issues and uh yeah, we see how that actually plays out in someone's life, in Roman's life. Like, I think he's a very realistic dude, full of realistic. Like, on the one hand, he's obviously a piece of shit. He's, yeah, awful. And on the other hand, he's deeply wounded. And we see how that plays out. In a, no, in no, that's fair. That's fair. So, so what you said about, you know, it, it, is, it, it is a bit funny, but that has much more to do with the idiosyncrasies of the characters as much than, than it is about the relationship as a whole, right? 
Yeah, sure. Because, like, you know, the jokes aspect of it is, like, you know, the fact that, you know, Roman has, like, a, uh, what is it, a uh, humiliation kink. I guess I mean kink at that he point. Does, it's a fetish. Yeah, it's a kink. It's a kink. It's a fetish. Like, yeah, she's, like, yelling at him through the door, right? Right. And then he's, like, jerking off. Right, and that's exactly. the only way that he could get off because he can't have sex the normal way. Right. With the with the ladies that he dates. Yeah, so I mean, with like, the like go, socially it, it, acceptable like young hot ladies. Right. You know, and it's like um, that's what I mean. Like you know, those elements are like you know, are like there's, there's humor in it, and people. But but also, it's like it's not necessarily derived about the relationship of the whole, which is you know, I think is, I think in a certain aspect is good because you know, I think. You know, a lot of times in media, there's like this aspect of like, you know, older women are not viewed as like sexually desirable. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, older women, fat women, like anyone who's not like a young hot model. Right, exactly. Basically. Uh, and like, it is a real thing that happens in real life when yeah. guys are attracted to women who are not conventionally hot. They feel like they have to cover it up and like the women they date have to be like, skinny and young and whatever uh and then they end up deeply unsatisfied right 100 percent. no and i mean and you know it's uh, a reason it's a totally valid thing in a sense of like you know this happens all the time in like you know you know in, in this kind of like work environment because of the fact that you know sexuality is com- complicated you know some people are attracted to someone because of their position of power like yeah and it's like you know for so for you know in jerry's case you know she's a very powerful woman so someone someone like Roman is attracted to that. Yep, we don't got a kink shame. All right, that's not the <laughs> thing that's wrong with Roman. No, that 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 is that is true. Everything else about him is awful. Um, but no, and I think um, there are like a lot of aspects of, in, in in the show that like you know that they present things that normally are not mentioned at all in any kind of like series or media, but are viewed as like yep, there's something that happened. Now sometimes it's like there's like an aspect of humor in it, but it's like, that, that is like a real thing. It reminds me of like, um, an early example is like when like Tom swallowed his own, his own, his own load. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, the thing is like, you know, for, it's first introduced as like, Oh yeah. Like this is like a thing to happen. And then like when he mentions to somebody, I think it was like with Roman, he's like, wait, what you did that? It's like, I mean, also, the ruling class is just decadent and depraved. Oh, 100%. And, like, what? it's funny to watch Tom kind of stumble through that. Right, exactly. Like, oh, it's normal for some chick to, like, suck me off, spit my own load back into my mouth, and then the next day she's, like, my brother-in-law's date. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that, that one was insane. That, that, that reveal was incredible. Um, but oh, good times. But but you know, on that point too, though, it's like it's interesting, kind of what you mean by stumbling through, because like I think near the end of season two, when like him and Shiv start having marriage problems, he has this whole thing where like I'm not a fucking hippie, right? It's like it's just like a whole <laughs> thing, and it's like, damn, like like this massive social conservatism manifested itself. You know what it reminds me of, actually, um, yeah. to not to not to bring it back to the normal episodes of our podcast but in the communist manifesto when marx is going through all of the things that people say about communism and he's like capitalism already did that 
one of the things is they're saying, oh, communism yes, yes, will create yes. a community of women. And he's like, guess what? For the bourgeois men, they already have a community of women, uh, which, which obviously means it doesn't mean like a nice community where women get together and hang out. It means like everyone's right. fucking each other's wife, like rich, like bourgeois fucks can fuck whoever they want already. Like capitalism has already destroyed these uh, these traditional values. And Who they want, regardless of the person wants it or not to. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's progressive in some sense that we can overcome that state of affairs in a way that, you know, doesn't preserve the good things about traditional values, but restores the humanity to the people who are involved. Right. Also, okay, speaking of uh, sex and values... Um, and tradition and non-tradition. I am very sad that Willa's play sucks. Like, I mean, okay. I know I know some sex workers, some like some high class hookers, all right? And they are some of them are very creative and very talented ladies. And uh given an opportunity such as this one, they would really they would really kill it. They would really <laughs> make a killing. They would not get bad reviews and they would not throw an iPad into the ocean. So I'm just a little bit sad that that's not what happens here. But again, this show is very cynical. So, of course, Will is play turns out to suck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that, that's why it was like a bit of a sad note. And that's because like, that's the whole reason like why she's sticking around for so long, right? Yeah, like, like she's re- she wants it so bad. Like she's right. putting up with this fucking turd. Day after day, the girlfriend experience. And then it turns out to be for what? Yeah, I mean, like, oh God, I remember, like, the... Well, like, it becomes much more of, like, a real situation for her. Like, when she's, like... When he, when he introduces it being, like... Oh, like, I want you to be here every day. Every day? Like, she's, like... She was not about it, which I, you know... I mean, yeah, I mean... God. She's like one of the only respectable characters in the show, in my opinion, because like she's only there to get her back. Which you know what? Go do what you have to do. Yeah, but it turns out that she's not very good. So maybe she needs to do some soul searching and figure out what she actually wants to be doing. Because it sounds right. like, or or you know what? Maybe maybe the critic is wrong. Maybe her play is good. I don't think we're ever going to find out. But um, in the in the cynical world of this show, it seems like no, <laughs> like, right. nobody's happy. Uh, sorry, I'm getting text messages right now. People should just know. People should know <laughs> not to text me when I'm recording. Like I should have like an away. Is there a way to do an away message in the form of don't text me? I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, do not disturb. But like I, every time it happens. Oh yeah, duh. Every time it happens, I get really distracted and I forget what I'm saying. But yes, right. in essence, I'm very sad that Willa's play is not good because that really sucks for her. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, and it's your point. It's like, you know, will there be a happy resolution? Of course not, because this show is too cynical. This show is going to end up being miserable at the end. Like, everyone's going to be... There's not going to be a happy ending for any it's of the characters. It's going to be so bleak. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I well, feel like, like... I guess... Like, I don't want there to be a happy ending for most of these characters because right. they're bad people who suck. 
like Willa is a worker and I feel for her and I want her to, you know, want her to do all right. Right. No, totally. And then like, on the other hand, though, one could argue there's a certain aspect of complacency on her part. Like she, the more she get wrapped into it, the more she's attracted by it. She's working. She's working. I mean, look, I, I don't judge people for making a living however they want to do it. Um, I think she's definitely earning every penny of that money. Sure. Um, like, personally, I think it's a lot sadder to pay someone for companionship than it is to pay someone for sex. Like, I can see, you know, sex is a service. But, like, pay, it's like paying someone to be your friend, you know? Like, that would really bum me out <laughs> if someone right, right. wanted to pay me just to hang out with them. Like, ew, no, go mm-hmm. away. Like, the, what, what my friends and I have is priceless. Yeah, it's also so much emotional labor. Yeah, yeah, that is something I've never been good at. And probably why I got fired from every service job that I ever had. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Kudos to Willa, I guess. Yeah, I don't have the emotional competency to be... Um, to do emotional labor. That's why I'm on a podcast and also I'm an engineer. So... <laughs> yeah, no. If I don't like someone, it's usually pretty obvious. Really pretty fucking obvious. No, I mean, look, I... I did okay, all right, as a bartender and as a barista, I could do, like, a minimum level of, like, all right, hey, how you doing, whatever, whatever, but, Mm -hmm. like, if someone was just being a douche, like, sorry, like, I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm not gonna be nice to you, I'm getting paid, like, $10 an hour, fuck off. On the other hand, though, I'd argue people, workers should be doing that more, you know, it reminds me of, um, there's like that incredible infamous um story of like the first mcdonald's that opened up in either like in the soviet union or right after the soviet union ended in russia and there are people like you know made fun of the people workers the workers there because what one of them said and said like when they were told like you know i have they have to be nice to the people there and then apparently one worker said like why do i have to be nice to them they have to be nice to me to us we have the burgers yeah exactly (laughs) i mean that's always true right right americans just don't realize it because they're fucking cucked but maybe some do like you could spit in their burgers yeah you can take i mean i feel like you also refuse to give it to them (laughs) yeah but i feel like part of the experience in a place like brooklyn is having the servers be like cooler than you and a little bit mean to you but it's like kind of again it's kind of a kinky thing because you also have power over that. Because you're like, haha, you know, you're deeply in debt. You have a degree in poetry. And now you're serving me coffee. And they're right to hate them. Like, it's a, it's a mutual. It's a mutual thing that I have done. And will perhaps do again someday soon. I don't know. Serving the Kendall Roys of the world. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see how this podcast goes for us. <laughs> if I have to... If I have to get a job at a coffee shop or something, that would be fine. But I won't be nice. Don't be nice. I won't be nice to anyone. You can make fun of them on your Twitter and they'll be really upset. That's true. Well, you know, there's places, again, where that's like kind of part of the experience, I think. Like there's um, 
You go on Yelp and you can like see all the different kinds of ambiance listed for place. One of the choices is hipster. Like that. Are you ambience. serious? Is like that's a real thing? <laughs> yeah. Wait for real. Like I feel like that's part of it, but it's also funny because I know when I go to a place with that kind of ambiance, I'm probably going to get good service. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So, like the one time when um. Anyway, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to go on about it. That's material for the bonus to the bonus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like yeah i mean people can people in the service industry can kind of recognize one another i am not currently in the service industry but i have been in the past and my ex-boyfriend was in the service industry so it just so happened when we occasionally went for a treat at a place where it was mostly rich boring people um we got we got treated real nice and we tipped real well Anyway, we're probably going to cut all this out. I'm just fucking rambling now. Yeah. So what should we, what should we, you know, people listening at home, take, a, take away from the session and what we talked about, Jamie? I mean, it's a really good show. Um, the ruling class is fucked up. I think you already know that. Um, capitalism destroys the family for both, for both the bourgeois family and the working class family, by the way. Um, one more reason why it just needs to be overcome in the Hegelian sense. But I, also, I, in, 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 sorry to interrupt, Jamie, but there's a certain aspect of like, it shows kind of what you were saying at the beginning of like, capitalism sucks. It's like, you know, obviously for us who are not the bourgeoisie, we understand like capitalism is terrible, it's awful. But what's wonderful about the show as well is like, it's actually awful for them too. They have all these riches and all these like, you know, all these luxuries. But even then, that cannot fill the hole in your heart. Mm. And it definitely cannot replace daddy's love. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing of the show, isn't it? Right? It's like, just they just have, just daddy could have just said, I love you a few more times. And then they would not be who, who they are now. Rich kids with daddy issues. Yeah, rich kid problems. We it's like the fucking Murdochs crossed with the Trumps or some shit. You know, and you know, to kind of, I, I want to end like kind of this interesting anecdote that I think uh, Brian Cox said in, in an in a interview. I think it was like, a, I think in Colbert, it was quite powerful. It was like apparently he was like in, in London and he randomly met someone, this older, like this, gen, this older gentleman or someone near his age, like saying, you know, my wife and I are huge fans of the show, but. She sometimes doesn't really like it. Could you, like, maybe, if possible, try to calm down with the depiction of the the of the woman do- of the daughter in the show? And it's like, well, hold on, it's like, who, who's true? Who? It's like, it's like, like basically, like you know, make it not be as like you know, like look, don't make them look bad. And it's like, mm. and, and it's like, well, uh, and, <laughs> oh wow. And it's like, wait, who, who's your wife? And it's like, I don't remember the first thing, but it's like, it was like the last thing was like Murdoch. Oh shit. <laughs> And that and like, wife's name was Hillary Clinton. Oh my god! <laughs> but but the thing is, like, they watched the show, and they enjoyed it for the most part until it was too close to home. And I was like, "You don't Oof. get it." It's like, "You don't get it, do you?" No, we're making we're making fun of you. Or they do get it, and they or 
No, it's like Kendall. It's like when they're making fun of Kendall on TV. Right. And yeah, and he's like, oh, ah, ha, 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 I'm part of the conversation. Right. Like, no, dude. <laughs> like, these people fucking hate you. Yeah. You're horrible. That's, that's uh, you know, you can pretend to laugh along with it if you want to, but uh, that's not what's going on here. Yeah. So, till next time, do the reading, <laughs> do the watching, do the watching. Fun. And stay tuned for new episodes on this potentially new series called Cultural Marxism, where we'll talk about culture in all its forms. Hell yeah. All right. Great. Great.